Hello, and welcome to Plain Sight, presented by Invisible. This podcast feed shares Socratic dialogue with invisible partners and allies, where we discuss and challenge our values and principles, and have honest discussions about the world. We hope that in doing so, we can see things outside of our plain sight with 2020 vision. Let's go. Welcome to the Plain Sight podcast presented by Invisible. I've got uh, here today, Ooh Kaner, uh, and he is a founder helping founders at Collective. Uh, he used to be working with Udemy, uh, and he's also a YC graduate. Uh, and so welcome to the show. Hi, Stuart. It's great to be here. Uh, so what has gotten your interest in the last few days, last few weeks? What's kind of lit, lit your uh, intellectual space on fire? Uh, I may have a different uh, um, principle compared to many others in technology. I actually protect myself from technology news. Um, I developed this habit maybe five, six, maybe 10 years ago. I don't really remember. But um, I realized that um, more I read, more I try to keep up, um, one, more, more I get confused, more I feel overwhelmed. And also it, it, it becomes very hard for me to uh, separate signal from noise. Thus, I don't read or follow news. Uh, I am very picky with my news news resources. I may be a handful, and when I say handful, less than five, typically people I might follow or um, email lists that I might follow. And um, I am very picky with who I read, what I read. Um, and in that sense, I haven't had anything that um, has set my mind uh, in fire um, for the past week or two. However, I keep on being very impressed with AI and uh, in uh, its potential uh, for future. And um, it is very difficult for me to stop thinking how AI can be used today or how it will affect future, um, if that answers the question. It does, uh, and gives me many further avenues for for conversation as well. Uh, I've tried to recreate what you've managed to create in your daily life um, uh, by going on various meditation retreats. Uh, and so going for 10 days, a uh, silent meditation retreat, having that same experience of sort of distance from uh, any sort of media. Um, but, but I find that in my own life, uh, when I'm connected to the internet, it's a sort of ADHD thing, but that, that, that's, I think that's just an excuse. Um, and so like, I just get attached into this web, uh, and I don't have as much control over how much I go into it and I'm constantly seeking new information, uh, that, that does give me, I think a lot of information, but I know, I know from doing those 10 day meditation retreats, how clear I can get, uh, when I'm in that space. And so I'm wondering, like, how did you manage to set your life up like that? How did you not fall into the dopamine, um, the dopamine kind of loops of technology? How can you stay connected to the internet, but at the same time, uh, uh, somehow limit yourself to not doing those things? Am I, I mean, and this could be habit. It could be, you know, you don't actually know the reason to it. Maybe, <laughs> I don't know who, know, who knows, or maybe you're just going to confabulate, but I'd love to, I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on this. I see. I do, I do. Um, I actually ended up developing a very mindful and purposeful lifestyle. Um, you know, I, in my 20s um, and early 30s, I've had so much energy 
and so much self-confidence that I thought that I could achieve and do anything. And with that energy, I could use it in infinite directions. And um, that was great times. But then you get older uh, and sometimes wisdom follows uh, with uh, the age. However, I realized that um, my attention span is um, uh, spread so thin. And I realized that uh, rather than enjoying, I do not necessarily find any fulfillment in anything I do. So I made a conscious decision, I think over 10 years ago, and I decided that uh, it doesn't really make me feel fulfilled uh, trying to uh, be up to speed with everything. Rather than that, uh, I decided that everything I do should have a purpose. And uh, if I'm doing something without thinking, um, I should very well identify if it is a natural instinct that it comes from a right place or if it is an urge to catch up with something or uh, basically the reason for uh, why I might be doing what uh, I might be doing. And in that sense, um, <clears throat> I um, really um, decided to stop following the news. Uh, that is part because of the nature of, I think, humankind, that we like to expose things to the end, and particularly a part of living in a capitalistic culture uh, that is um, also um, things move really fast. However, uh, the purpose behind everything is mainly to gain capital in a way. Mm -hmm. And once you recognize that, I realize that um, I am, as any human being, very, um, I, I fall into things uh, and like this dopamine uh, or whatever hell you might just um, maybe describe as. But I realize that if I keep on doing this, it's not going to go anywhere better. And thus, um, I started doing everything very mindfully. I stopped reading news. I'm not following any popular news resources. Uh, and I instead, I believe if there is something that's worth for me paying attention, it will come to me. And when it comes to me, I pass it through my initial, maybe secondary and tertiary filters. And uh, if I end up reading it, then it means that I was supposed to read it. And when I read it, I really mean it. Thus, uh, I try to make the most out of that article or um, whatever I might be reading or listening or watching. Um, a long answer to <laughs> perhaps a quick question you asked, but uh, I am uh, trying to make sense of what I've been doing as I'm talking to you since mm. uh, I've never answered this question before. <laughs> um, uh, and I tend to ask those types of questions as well. And I might have some more for you as follow-ups here. Uh, um, so, I mean, what I would love, seeing as you've, uh, qualified the news sources so much, I would love to find out who are the actual five people that you follow. Uh, and kind of related to that, um, what are your secondary and tertiary ways of managing what's coming in? How do you actually set up those, those as long, hopefully it's not too personal, but like, how do you actually, it, you said you have secondary and tertiary kind of, um, I would say maybe walls. What are those walls? Um, I should have guessed that this may have come up and I might I, I should have uh, listed a couple of names that I typically follow, but um, I have a um, separate email address where all my email subscriptions or newsletter subscriptions come into. Uh, I used to use a an app called Matter, but they started charging and I don't like to pay for something I don't think that I should be paying for, um, um, even though I respect what they do. Um, so I currently mainly use my Gmail 
newsletter account to uh, read my stuff. And uh, the emails that I uh, receive are um, either from some friends whose uh, different perspectives uh, and life approaches that I appreciate. Uh, I don't necessarily align with that, but that is uh, what I'm interested in. I, I'm looking to expose myself to as many different um, perspectives towards life as possible. And um, you may not know the names, they're not mostly friends. Mm. Uh, and um, I follow some financial news uh, analysts. And there's actually one um, analyst that I'm following. And that is because um, I am interested in finance in general, not only um, as, a, uh, as a hobby, but at the same time to build and maintain my wealth. Um, and um, I am not a very experienced um, in, in finance. Therefore, I wanted to find someone who uh, could um, help me with the experience part. Thus, um, uh, he keeps on sending a couple of times a month uh, an email analyzing the situation, and I, I read it. Um, uh, there is one um, uh, person uh, running a uh, newsletter called Grid Capital, I think. Uh, I, I forgot her name, but I like her uh, very frequent analysis, but um, she sends too many emails that I typically have uh, uh, browsed through them. Uh, uh, then I, I read that analysts, uh, uh, his name is Cody, uh, Cody Villard, uh, and I, I read his analysis uh, of uh, how he approaches um, uh, stock market and uh, finances. And um, I also read Morgan Housel. Housel, do I pronounce his last name right? Um, I really uh, align and <clears throat> uh, resonate with his life approach uh, as well as his investment approach. Um, thus, um, whenever I receive his emails, I read it and I um, gain a different perspective every time and um, I like it. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, what other newsletters I have? Um, so these are mainly, there are a couple of like uh, Turkish um, uh, people who uh, I read every now and then and, and so on and so on. Um, and regarding the filters, um, I came to a conclusion that I need to question anyone's motivation when I come across to a news resource. This could be an article, this could be a video, and that became automatic to me. When I look at a video, uh, like say someone sent me a YouTube video or whatever video it is, uh, I first look at the title, then I look at the imagery, and if there is anything salesy, I usually, that doesn't pass my first filter. Um, someone has to insist me to watch it in order for me to watch it. Uh, and if that happens, uh, then I try to break my first uh, judgment, uh, layer of judgment. Then I try to understand who that person is. I look at their history and whatnot. Uh, and uh, then uh, I read or watch whatever they have uh, with as uh, objective mind as possible. And uh, in times I get surprised, uh, but most of the times I don't get surprised because um, they typically say something to do whatever their main motivation is, just capture uh, attention, capture eyes to get more uh, audience or whatnot. Uh, and, um, but in times, uh, I think this is also a practice because I do not want to uh, surround myself with walls. I do a lot of things that I, uh, uh, I, I don't think that I should be doing so that uh, I don't have a closed mind. Thus every now and then uh, I push myself to read or watch something and every now and then 
I say, oh, actually, that was interesting, and I learned something. And let me um, let me look at a couple more articles or videos of that person. And sometimes I end up um, um, following them or uh, keep on reading them, etc. Very, very interesting. Uh, tons of follow-up questions. I mean, and I, I would love to get into the actual AI as well, because from your perspective of somebody who has managed to basically nail this, this line uh, between still taking in perspectives from outside of our normal perspective, still testing those our original conclusions, but for the most part, keeping oneself out of the, uh, of the, I mean, I, I don't think there's any better way to say it, fifth generation information warfare, um, that basically our minds have become the battlefield for a lot of a lot of um, a lot of uh, political capital, all, all these types of things. Um, and so, I would love to get the perspective of that of what AI is going to do, because I'm sure you have an interesting perspective that I may not have heard. Uh, but at the same time, there's also a lot of follow up questions about just in general about the questioning everyone's motive. It's something that I try to do, but then. Sometimes I run into the fact that I have my own motives when I'm trying to search for information as well. Some of those motives are below the level of my conscious awareness. Some of those motives aren't, um, and I know that that also exists for other people. So some, per, you know, some person who's creating this content might be so driven from deep unconscious uh, uh, attitudes that it almost creates a layer of obscurity so that you can't see theirs as well. Um, so uh, there's, and we uh, like. Uh, I'll leave it up to you as to as to what you most what most caught your attention and what you find most interesting to discuss about what we just what uh, what I just laid out there. Mm. I don't know. Um, maybe you can help me, um, or maybe you can lead me towards a more interesting direction mm. uh, because I can talk about more or less anything um, for good or for bad. Mm. So what about um, ideological capture for attention? And we don't have to get into the like specifics of, of like any particular ideological trend or anything like that. But there are like sometimes people create these motives uh, or create content, not necessarily to sell you an actual product, but to sell you on their way of life and sell you on their way of belief mm. um, and sell you on the way of, of faith. Has that come across? Has that has that have you found that in, in any of your things? And how do you kind of manage that? Um, very much. I think that's very natural. Um, I think as human being, as like uh, as a society, um, we tend to find ourselves safer in groups. I think uh, um, so, uh, like when you think about 100, 200, couple hundred years ago, uh, the way to be safe was to be a part of a group uh, and within groups you found security, safety, connection, belonging and whatnot. Uh, this could be anything, but as creatures, I feel like we tend to uh, like to find ourselves in groups. And I think anyone um, uh, who wants to, I think it's a luxury to actually be a part of an ideology or whatnot. I think it's very difficult not to be a part of one because it, it just uh, feels disconnected. Maybe you don't necessarily feel belonging. And it's almost like the Matrix movie where you have to eat this oatmeal every day mm -hmm. rather than a juicy steak, right? Um, but um, being that it's normal, I think once you're aware of it and once you understand that the, uh, the, the motivation uh, doesn't come from a bad place, and once you are conscious of it, I think you are able to uh, uh, pull the signal from noise. 
And, and again, um, this doesn't necessarily come um, very easily. This uh, just uh, happens with experience, different patterns. You just develop mistakes. And at some point, you realize what to pay attention to versus what not. And to be honest, I'm, I'm not still, I'm, I'm not yet great at it. I still fall into very picky uh, titles, headlines, or ideologies. However, um, the way that I approach this is that one, I, I typically uh, try to be aware of uh, it and I try to acknowledge the situation. But at the same time, I like to understand a different perspective, no matter what ideology or uh, like school of thought someone might be coming from. Because at the end of the day, I realize and recognize that the difficulties, uh, if you look in political or uh, like a, in a global way, comes from um, uh, creating sides and not communicating in between. Thus, I think it's very important for me to acknowledge, okay, this person is coming from a school of thought or from an ideology. Perhaps this person is trying to spread their ideology. And I think that ideology is coming from a good place, actually, because perhaps they find a relief, they find a connection, they find a purpose in that ideology. And perhaps that person is trying to spread that goodness to others without any necessarily bad intention. You not necessarily know, they might not be self-aware of whatever they might be doing. Yet uh, when you assume that, I kind of like to observe how they think, uh, how they see life. And there is usually something to learn. Uh, there's usually something to um, 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 maybe like or not like, but I like that open mindset. Otherwise it is very easy to dismiss everything that come on, comes on your way thinking that, oh, this is uh, trying to sell, like this is an ideology and I don't want to have it. Uh, I just want to keep the practice of being open to anything. Uh, otherwise, I feel like the progress stops. Very interesting. Thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah, it reminds me of, I don't know which philosopher talked about it. Maybe it was Socrates. I don't know. I'm not going to uh, pretend I know, but uh, uh, he talked about everybody's trying to do their own good, do the good, basically. Everybody's trying to move towards the good. Um, from whatever category or from whatever perception that they believe is good. And then we learn, as you said, and learn over yeah. time, uh, the painful lessons of, of, of wisdom that, that like, right. uh, one of my favorite philosophers, uh, David Hawkins talks about a positionality, uh, that, or, uh, mm -hmm. that, you know, that we have these positionalities that are emotionally charged. Uh, and, uh, and, and I think, I think to get to the core of it, that, that positionality, th those are the things that we try to sell other people on because we, we want to support it ourselves. We want other people to support it. And so we try to get them into it. Um, and I think a lot of us have these, unless we've had a very, very high degree of maturity, which is, which I find to be very rare. Um, um, but, uh, okay. So, so you, you've talked about signal and noise, um, and so, I, and seeing as you also have business experience, how how can we better, and particularly for people at Invisible, how can we better understand our ability to pick out signal from the noise? Something I constantly try to ask myself is how in a business setting, because we all have got these subjective perceptions of what's important, and then there are other people's pr perspectives of what's important, people in the business, then our customers, um, there's just all these different stakeholders, all, all of whom have these different opinions about what's right, what's signal versus noise. Uh, we can try to make it as objective as possible, but it's always going to be coming through a subjective subjective lens. How do you manage that in business, either for the businesses that you, you started for or the, the people that you've worked with? Um, what are what are your thoughts on this this, this area? Um, 
I think first two words that come to my mind are practice and time. Um, um, very much like like meditation. Uh, meditations, in my opinion, point is not to find uh, a uh, consistent silence yet to practice, to um, uh, maybe notice something and then uh, be okay with it. And then perhaps then you, the um, silence or calm might be a byproduct of what you do. And that is a continuous practice. Like uh, I've been meditating maybe 10 years now and um, I do not remember any session uh, and I've tried different techniques that I was fully in calm. Yet this is just a practice for me every time and I feel like I get better and better. Uh, and, and once I consistently and insistently and persistently do it, uh, it becomes a habit. Now I'm, uh, I'm like meditating daily 20, 30 minutes, sometimes twice a day. And I feel like I'm getting better. Uh, I uh, get a better sense of self. I get a better sense of my situation and condition. That helps me to also find more calmness in different ways, but not in a sense of pure silence and without thoughts or whatnot. And I feel like it's the same because I don't feel like we are built to, or um, majority of us are not built to pick signal from noise right away. Some people are naturally talented at that. But uh, for uh, me, it was one, uh, being aware uh, and acknowledge the situation that there's a lot of, and there will always be uh, noise around signal. The second thing I just had to uh, um, acknowledge and be aware of is uh, the fact that uh, it will always require me to do work. And from there on, uh, it was a continuous practice uh, for me to, when I'm talking to someone, when I'm talking about the subject, when I'm trying to get to know someone, what actually is the what, what are they trying to convey to me? Uh, why am I there? And that practice, uh, when it happens over and over, whenever you talk to someone, and uh, you at some point uh, like get better at it. And now, when someone, and it also depends where you are. I lived in Finland for almost ten years, and in Finland, people will give you sometimes, like most of the time, the essence of what they're trying to give straight and directly. Uh, but uh, living in a culture like US, which is very rich, uh, but I think the signal and noise ratio is a bit different here. Uh, I have to maybe hear five sentences just to try to understand what is the message I, I, I need to hear here. So it's a bit more mental uh, bandwidth I have to spend, yet uh, uh, I think with practice uh, and with time, uh, it becomes easier because once you know someone, it also helps you uh, to uh, at least come up, uh, be better at understanding what they're trying to say. Uh, or once you uh, like be more aligned with the culture, it makes it easier for you to understand what they're trying to say. Uh, same at work with your colleagues, more you know them, uh, more you understand the company's culture and the values. It gets easier and easier. And again, it's a practice in time. Uh, in time, you get better, uh, hopefully. Yeah, that's that's excellent. So again, it comes down to relationship, uh, and and the uh, the way that relationships are structured, and and that it, relationships take time. Everything takes time, uh, at, at least not from a deeply philosophical level. Um, uh, so, okay, well, now I would love to get into AI uh, and your understanding of it, particularly how are you using AI, and 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 let me just set this up a little bit more because. Um, I, we talked about how I, I have this perception that I have this 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 way of interacting with the internet where I'm constantly on it as long as I'm connected to it. And so I've thought about, you know, and I've tried going on meditation retreats, but I come back from meditation retreat, I go back into it. 
Um, and then, so I was thinking, well, so once we have AI and once we have autonomous agents, uh, then we can do a meditation retreat uh, where we actually, it's like a meditation work, work retreat where the only thing that's allowed to get access to the internet is the autonomous AI agent. And then we basically stay outside of it. Uh, and then, it, but any, because what I'm trying to get at is that a lot oftentimes I go on these meditation retreats and I have the much, the quality of my ideas is much better. Uh, and so, uh, but, and I can write those uh, ideas down, but what if we were able like to put a barrier between us and this dopamine rush um, and then essentially like uh, have this AI agent. Uh, and so this is kind of like a long-winded way of trying to get to the point, which is that essentially like, how are you with these filters that you've put up? Are you using AI in a, in in your day to day life? Are you mostly asking questions, or are you are you actually getting work done with it? What's your day to day interaction with AI? And later on, we can get into where you see it going. Um, yeah, a lot of uh, good questions and um, things to ponder there. But um, for me, uh, as a person who is not native English speaker, uh, the AI uh, has been a life-changing thing because uh, I don't have to spend half an hour to write an email or something. That actually has been life-changing because the amount of time I realized that I've spent to write something uh, has been like crazy. Like I was sit in front of, because uh, it's also a cultural thing, especially when you're trying to write something like to someone, maybe you're just getting to know, or maybe to your investors, maybe to your colleagues, someone you care about, uh, I ended up spending 15 to half an hour to write a single email sometimes. And, uh, but with AI, thanks to that, I just like write a couple bullet points and uh, just give a tone and then I get it out. Uh, like I get something quick enough and good enough and I just make quick edits and send it. And that actually saves me typically hours every week. And that has been the best use case, not only for me, but also my brother recently moved to the US and. Um, I think it has been life-changing for him too, because his communication uh, has been uh, very uh, much easier uh, compared to what it could be. Uh, so I think this is the first use case. The second use case I typically have with AI is I ask opinions. Um, one thing I realized, uh, and I think I heard this from uh, other people as well, like, I think there was, uh, I think the gentleman's name was Derek, Derek Shivers. Uh, uh, he was talking about his uh, advisors uh, and he was uh, in, in one podcast with uh, Tim Ferriss. Uh, he was asking, who are your mentors and how do you work with them or something along the, that line. And he said that he just goes to, uh, 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 opens an email and just starts writing it. And uh, then once he writes it, he thinks what the other person would already say to his email and then he wouldn't send the email at all. So uh, that was a very good way of understanding that you actually know, like the, the wisdom that you need or you're looking for uh, is likely in you. However, you need someone to bounce back and forth ideas with. And I like AI uh, very much uh, to have non-judgmental conversations, no matter how silly or uh, things I may say or how weird um grammatical or pronunciation mistakes I may make. Uh, without judgment, it will answer me. And while it, while I'm having a conversation with it, uh, actually, I will figure out what I was looking for. And that is the likely second best thing that uh, I like. And uh, majority of the time, um, I feel like people are looking for something magical uh, as an answer, something very different. 
However, in my philosophy, typically the best answers are the most obvious ones. And when I ask something to AI, AI typically gives me the most obvious answers. But when I hear it from someone else, it just makes much more sense rather than me coming uh, with it. So uh, I think that uh, ability to have a conversation with uh, AI has been uh, very helpful to me. But uh, this is me personally. Well, and that is, that's exactly how I've been describing it. I have another idea for um, as these, uh, the so as soon as ChatGPT came on in November with 3.5, I, I was like, okay, I want to use this to finally learn how to teach me how to code because uh, learning how to code has been so challenging. I've tried it many times, um, but the payoff of learning this is, I think is huge and is getting more important. Uh, and then I tried to get 3.5 to do it and it couldn't do it. It made a whole bunch of mistakes. And then I think it was in December or January, they came out with four, uh, GPT-4. And I tried the same thing and it worked with very few errors. Uh, and I got it to code uh, like an actual thing for me. And so I'm thinking that, so the reason why I brought that up was that you just talked to the Derek Sievers, who's, who's a, I've learned a lot from particularly around space repetition memorization. Um, so he, uh, he uses the rubber duck debugging method. So programmers <laughs> use a method called rubber duck debugging, where they where they get stuck on a coding problem and they have a rubber duck on their desk and they tell the problem to their rubber duck and and in the process, then get it out and they realize the problem and everything like that. Um, and so now I've been talking about it like this uh, as like GPT is my rubber duck debugger, uh, but for business problems as well. Um, and, and it's, it's like so helpful having something that, that simulates intelligence, uh, and I can bounce things off of, and actually gives me really, really good ideas. But as you said, I hadn't thought about it in that way that they're, they're obvious ideas. Um, but the, and that's the, the strangeness of, of, of what it is. And I, I have a, I have a sort of tangential question that just came to me, but what do you think the philosophical implications of this are that like, that we have this thing that's just like so intelligent, like where does that take humanity? Where do we go from here? The, the, like it, not, not only in productivity, but there's also kind of a spiritual element. A lot of people are talking about AI from the spiritual lens with all crazy sorts of different um, uh, 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 ideas about what it can, what it can, what it is, what it represents. But in your understanding, which I, I've, I'm very much appreciating, like where, uh, where does this fit? What, what's how, where are we going from here? Um, yeah, it's, it's a very interesting thought practice, and uh, I, I've done it a couple of times. Um, so first of all, I'm not really sure how intelligent AI is as of yet, but I believe that it's going to improve since it always goes <clears throat> exponential uh, with technology nowadays. Uh, and I believe that it will reach a point where, uh, I mean, it, it already uh, like passes a litmus, litmus test, right? So um, you, you perhaps, uh, it, it's hard to... Um, distinguish an AI from a real person. And at the end of the day, it shouldn't matter what the medium is. Um, actually, AI likely can answer us a better way than uh, many other friends or even family we may have. Uh, so um, it doesn't matter if it is artificial or not. Um, I think it is the sensations and emotions and feelings that it creates within us when we read something. At the end of the day, some might claim that we are not even sure if this is a real life. So uh, I, I don't necessarily question uh, so much. If something works in a certain way and creates thoughts or emotions in me, I, I think it's legit for me. But second thing, second that, that uh, I took a mental note there was, you actually talk about 
productivity uh, versus maybe spirituality. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is a very strong distinction between East and West culture. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, West is all about productivity and I don't know where it's gonna take the Western civilization. Uh, and Eastern culture is, I think, uh, more comes from a spiritual, maybe emotional, like, um, I mean, spiritual means uh, non-material, right? Uh, and everything is material in the West and everything is uh, uh, spiritual uh, in the East, if we uh, wanted to put that in stereotypes. I'm actually very curious what East is going to do with AI. I mean, I know what West is going to do with AI. It's going to like squeeze the hell out of every productivity and it's going to try to push the resources cheaper, uh, labor cheaper, whatever like they want to do. And then perhaps uh, like progress uh, in expense of life, uh, of um, life quality of people. But I'm very curious how Easterns are going to uh, react to AI or what they're doing. I haven't actually had much um, much insight into it because majority of the um I don't want to say noise, noise, but noise is not in that sense. Like majority of the buzz comes from the West. Most news comes from the West. But I will be very curious to see what kind of uh, different use cases uh, AI will bring up with East and how it can actually contribute to our spirituality as well. Uh, at the moment, I can talk to an AI, I can assign it to a persona, and I can talk the deepest things. I, I might not even be able to talk to my uh, therapist or wife or uh, friends or family. Um, uh, however, I feel like we're just at the beginning of this journey, and I'm very curious to see uh, what other uh, non-evident uh, outcomes AI uh, of AI we will, we will uh, recognize. That is a very interesting, and I would I, I, it makes me think that I want to start tracking that basically about what, how how different cultures are using it, <laughs> um, and it brings it back to that kind of like meditation work retreat because I I earlier was talking about a. a or meditation retreat that was like the sole purpose was uh productivity um but in and and we've been talking about this productivity versus spirituality as a sort of distinction but i know myself and i know from talking with francis as well that uh and a lot of other people who 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 really vibe with the philosophy the old reading philosophy and how important that is and reading spirituality and and how important it is to how to contemplation uh, and how much better that makes us at business um, and, and so at productivity, which is, which is wild. And that's actually why, I, yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Um, like what, what, like where, where do spirituality and productivity meet? Um, and cause, oh man, yeah, yeah, go for it. No, I mean, it, it's crazy. Uh, it's, it's such, the, uh, I'm a, I'm a part of Western culture, uh, but I like to criticize things. I mean, as well, as much as I like to criticize constructively myself and anyone around me, but how, how we're taking everything and try to associate it with productivity. Uh, that is antithesis of spirituality, in my opinion. Um, I feel like, um, I think the essence of the problem that the Western society faces is that uh, the, um, um, the, the society, like everything that comes with uh, 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 the maybe capitalistic culture or whatever Western culture uh, uh, with uh, with science, with technology, with discoveries uh, like the um, um, maybe progress of humankind that can be associated with that work, uh, which comes at a significant cost of uh, inner peace, fulfillment and satisfaction, perhaps, or maybe finding them in, in the wrong places or seeking for them in the wrong places. Now, in a way, uh, I feel like a generation or two uh, lost the point and now trying mm -hmm. to get back to, they, they feel the need to read about spirituality 
meaning that they already disconnected from, like they, they don't feel a connection, they don't feel belonging. And then not only trying to learn it, but trying to use it for further productivity. That is like at best a great uh, example of uh, Western or maybe capitalistic uh, culture. I don't think that spirituality should be used for productivity. I think it should be all the other way. Spirituality should be used to uh, perhaps, I, I believe spirituality is a, uh, a, a, a strategy for survival for humankind. Mm -hmm. I don't think that any human being can uh, feel fulfilled or maybe even survive with a spirituality practice. And, and, and if you do not have a spirituality practice towards something uh, divine or beyond yourself already, I feel like you look at it at the wrong places, very much like productivity, very much like money, very much like social media, very much like image, very much like all the things that actually makes things worse and just uh, like pushes you further from uh, that, uh, that spirituality practice. So in a way, I, I'm having so hard times associating spirituality with productivity. Mm. And um, um, only maybe way that if you are a healthy human being, uh, if you are very in peace with yourself, with reality, and if that leads you to be more productive at what you're doing, but only as a byproduct, but not as a purpose of being more productive, mm. that I can perhaps uh, see a connection there. So interesting because uh, this has been going on in my mind for the past couple of weeks. Uh, uh, about a week ago, Francis had written a, a article or written a, uh, something about uh, a book called Leisure. Um, and mm -hmm. he specifically uh, mentioned that you can't use leisure. It, it's not real leisure if you're only doing the leisure <laughs> so that you can work better. Like that's that's not actually leisure. It, it won't work. And it comes, yeah, it comes, it comes back to this, this idea of the good. And like we're all trying to do the good. And for a lot of people who have been trained in the materialist uh, uh, science technology way, uh, see everything as material with no sort of, uh, and spirituality is a sort of like, it's there, but it can be secularized and it can be, um, it, you know, it's not really, it's it's not really there. It's just like a way of, 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 of human beings uh, doing stuff. Uh, and so it like, and so if you are raised in that environment as I was, then you uh, you you can't but find uh meaning in things that are meaningless um because like every every object that i'm you know in meditation we talk about a lot about like the subject and the object well most of the most of the time we talk about the objects of meditation so the object of our breath uh the object of like a focal point um the object of a yoga position and stuff um and all of those objects are within the space of subjective understanding so it's all within the subjective awareness um, and that subjective awareness is not really definable. Like if I, if I were to ask myself, like, what, what am I, who am I, uh, though, though that, that, that sense of being like, there's all these forms that I can attach with, but those, those, those forms are all objects. And so if I can objectify them, uh, are they sort of, are they real? I'm getting a little bit abstract here, but, uh, but, um, uh, like, so any object that we see material objects don't can't fulfill at that deeper level like the the uh the only thing that can fulfill is that is that is that sense of being because that's there no matter what um yeah i went pretty far off there uh, uh but <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you think that's i think point uh we just see where things take us but i think 
is again, like if you think about uh, the meaning of spirituality uh, or spirituality being uh, non-material, I feel like it is very difficult to achieve it via something objective. Mm. Uh, I think in its essence, it is not objective. It shouldn't be bound to any object. Uh, and I think the practice of it is to relieve or let yourself from uh, having a need to find connection to uh, material things so that you can actually be fully open and enjoy things beyond. And again, this is, I think, a challenge for our and perhaps upcoming generations uh, because um, uh, human mind tries to make um, make um, make objects of everything like in a way that we try to put things in patterns. We need to make like it's almost uh, Elon Watson is one of his books says that like humankind is uh, almost like it's trying to create packages out of water. Like no matter how much you try to make like a box out of it, it's not because it's going to go away. And I feel like this is something similar. You cannot really make objects out of spirituality and anything I feel like you're trying to uh, like any 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 thing or any spirituality that you're trying to achieve, like any anything spiritual that you're trying to achieve through a material, I feel like it's prone to fail because uh, it almost feels like you have the need, but you're looking for it in the wrong place. Then you will you will worship money. Then you will worship belongings. Then you will worship status. Then you will worship stuff. However, um, it is less about the technique, but more about having that understanding of letting be something that beyond that. Because I feel like material is limited, and I feel like life is too short to limit yourself within the boundaries of material. And I feel like you need to find in your own way that is fit for your culture and personality to go beyond it. Because once you get it, uh, it just opens the doors for further things. Uh, because um, mental, uh, like mind is limited versus uh, spirit is infinite. Very well put. Um, I loved what you, what you said about Alan Watts saying that <laughs> humankind is trying to create packages out of water. Because that's exactly what we did. We we created bottled water, uh, but I guess the the ironic thing is that uh, uh, that like the plastics themselves are going to last thousands and thousands and thousands of years. But compared to the infinite of time, uh, th they will disintegrate, uh, and they still are under that under that that basic principle of life. Right. Um, so it's wild. Um, uh, it's so interesting. Okay, well, let's go into it then, because we've been talking about spirituality. We've been talking about the fact that you can't objectify these things and find meaning in them. Uh, where does AI put play get placed into this this spiritual realm, if at all? Mm. We can we can talk about you know it as mm -hmm. a spiritual advisor because we can we can many people are coming to it with life questions. But what do you think about this idea? Can we well, as an object? Is it an object? Because it's is it formless? What do you think? Good question. Um, I think one obvious way to think of AI as a companion where you could have spiritual uh, discussions or maybe find have some conversations where you can have spirituality, though I find it a bit difficult uh, or less realistic because if you have never seeked um, having a conversation with a real person, you're less likely to have it unless um, it just somehow feels better. But the way that I could see AI 
being helpful for uh, people to be uh, more spiritual or not maybe spiritual, but feel more fulfilled in life is perhaps uh, reducing the need for them to work and creating more bandwidth so that they can actually stop and think what matters more for them in life, who they are, who they wanna be, what kind of life they wanna have, what they find joy in, how, like if AI did my work for me, like if it comes, if the day comes and AI does my 90% of my work, will the society fill that 90% into 100% and get me to work more? Or will I have that 90% of the time to myself and enjoy my life and then have my thoughts or um, maybe see how I can feel more, more fulfilled? In my experience, likely we're gonna be pushed. So no matter how much AI helps us to be more productive or efficient, likely the rest of the time will be pushed because no one wants to pay you full-time salary for to work 10%. Likely uh, you're gonna end up doing more work. Uh, that's, that might be a bit concerning, but I, I still wanna think that um, uh, there will be a phase until this is uh, saturated that people perhaps might be able to find more time and benefit for themselves and actually start uh, or maybe think more existential questions, more think about more themselves, think about life, think about what gives them more uh, fulfillment, uh, joy, et cetera. Uh, perhaps I could see it being more helpful there. Uh, on the other hand, um, I think it doesn't matter if um, someone, uh, if it is AI or a person or whatever it is, just you might talk something divine as well, if that is uh, not different from AI, because at the end of the day, you're perhaps answering yourself. Um, but um, if there is a medium created for people where AI helps them to discover something about themselves, I think this could be valuable as well. But I don't think that it's going to go through productivity um, because if I observe humankind and society, uh, we tend to uh, occupy people uh, 100% plus in times. Yeah, it's a super interesting uh, avenue for inquiry. And I'd love to do it with you in the last last 10 minutes or so is that because mm -hmm. I haven't had this space with somebody else who's thought deeply about this in a, in a way. So let's let's like play through it. The So you said, and I think you're right, that, you know, if 90% of our work disappears, then that means that it'll just get filled with more work. But if all of that is automatable work, then that's work that we don't really necessarily need to want to be doing anyway. Nobody else wants to be doing anyway. And then, so at what point, like then we're, then basically we as people in our work lives are solving higher level kind of meta problems uh, from a much higher level. If we don't have to like, I'll try to give an example of today of what I was trying to do. Um, just fooling around with notion you know our knowledge all knowledge management base you know fooling around with notion trying to format one thing into another um uh, just spending a like ridiculous amount of time just moving pixels on a screen um all that's going away like maybe not maybe not this year but maybe in, in five years maybe in 10 years definitely it's going away like um and so if i think about if i play that out then you know over time i'm going to then spend less and less time doing that stuff which is interesting in, in a way of like focus of like okay i do have to focus in order to do this so that i can get this job done and that's interesting and that sometimes the creative problems are much much more obtuse and harder to think through and i almost prefer doing this kind of manual like pixel work because the, those problems can be can be trickier um so there's this question about the problems themselves and working on creative problems but then there's also the question of like, okay, if 90%, then who actually is doing the work besides the AI? Like who, if if it's just the people who own the businesses, 
um, like what, what will work change into and what will, uh, you know, like, it seems very hard to peer into what that will happen, what will happen. Because a lot of people say that the only people who will continue to have capital will be the people who know how to invest that capital into businesses and then own those businesses. Um, but it's just, it's like, it's hard to peer through that. Like what does actually, what actually happens in that point? What, do you have any thoughts on either of those questions? Um, it's, it's hard to predict um, um, what it could look like. Um, it just uh, depends on uh, how the technology is used, who uses it, et cetera. <clears throat> but one thing I recognize at least uh, being in this life for a couple of decades, uh, everything is cyclical in a way that um, assume in 10 years, we came to a point where AI takes care of majority of the work. I am very confident that uh, the differentiation will come from, we use real humans. Uh, and um, I feel like very much like now analog, I don't know, LPs or cassettes or whatever. Uh, I was born in 80s, so uh, uh, some might not be familiar with those, but like now them becoming a thing and people going like feeling some sort of romanticism toward, towards the past. I am more or less sure that um, there will be a balance to catch there. Um, it is the thing, like especially with the Western culture, we have uh, very sharp ups and very sharp downs, which I feel like that uh, creates us to innovate and go further and faster. Yet we sooner or later find the way, and I'm sure that with AI, we're gonna go as high as we can and we're gonna exaggerate. And then at some point we're gonna like go all the way down. And I'm hoping that those sharp edges will soften up at some point and we're gonna find the balance, but I don't know how quick we're gonna find it. And I'm not really sure what the world or life is gonna look like then. Uh, it just, I think depends on how and who and why uh, these technologies are, are being used. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm sure that we're going to go through a couple of cycles of um, extremity uh, in a way uh, with the technology itself. I, I don't know if that um, was along the lines, but it is one of the things that I, I noted. <laughs> yeah, it's fascinating to consider because it goes back again to that spirituality type of meditation, spirituality type of thing where it's where, in a, as you mentioned, society has these large ups and downs. Uh, and then within our individual personal lives, we also have these ups and downs as well. Um, but then those ups and downs, again, going back to that, those objects, they're just objects. And if we identify with those objects as ourselves, then, you know, we get caught up in them and stuck in them. But if we are uh, kind of more solidified as that subjective being that's 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 happening, no matter what is happening outside, um, then I think then, it, yeah, it all comes back to that, basically, except the speed, the speed at which it's happening seems to be right. speeding. And that's the the, the stressful part, yes. I think like it's just like so quick all the time yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, it's 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 i think it's going to get faster and faster obviously uh i mean uh it's, it's evident that things got easier things got faster things got like the bar keeps on dropping for people to do which comes with um uh, a an advantage of creation becomes easier and innovations increase but it comes at a cost um uh, because um, you use your resources as a human, as a society faster, which likely will drop the sh lifespan uh, mm. of uh, us. Because um, I think, I, I don't remember where I read or heard that, but uh, the, like species, uh, there were um, two fish species. One uh, 
was really fast to grow, really fast moving, uh, but then the uh, lifespan was much short. The other one was very slow, but then the lifespan was, uh, so it's, it's, we have a set amount of energy, we have a set amount of thing, and if we increase the speed, the life speed span will drop. If we uh, like decrease the speed, like the life, lifespan will increase. Thus, uh, I'm not really sure how that speed or what kind of cost that speed is gonna come with personally, like as a society, et cetera, but it will come at a cost. That is super interesting. Uh, and it makes me think about cancerous growth as well. This might be an oversimplification, but the fact that that cancer is just like a mute or can cancer is growth wrong, gone wrong. So, you know, like your liver is creating yeah. cells all the time and then cancer comes in and creates just a whole bunch of cells. Uh, that right. are, you know, I mean, yeah. And so it's like the same, same, same type of thing. Uh, and it's going to be wild to to witness and this the speed of it. But this is like on the information. This is on the information kind of thing, although the resources, the, the physical resources, too. There's that question as well. But what you're talking about feels like the the informational speed is going to speed up. And uh, that it, it is speed like it, even information. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. But even it's information, you need to like then you have the need to consume that information as fast as possible, because many people around you will be doing it faster than you, better than you. And at some point, the norm will become much faster than what the norm is today. And you will feel the need to do it. But I don't know what our capacity, I think we keep on pushing our capacity up. However, uh, there will there are always like breaking points. Like when you look at 1950s, 60s, uh, and nowadays, like uh, the amount of energy that we're spending, yes, uh, we're faster, yes, we're more efficient, yes, uh, we progress much faster, but at what cost? Everything is a cost, nothing is for free. And I think uh, no matter if it is an information speed, informational speed, or if it is just inner speed or whatever speed it is, it, it comes at cost from someone, something, somewhere. Uh, it's super interesting. There's so much more we could talk about, uh, but uh, but this 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 is coming to an end for our for this particular session. But I'd love to have you on either on another Plain Sight podcast or another Crazy Wisdom. Uh, if any of the uh, listeners found what you're talking about interesting, uh, do you have any ways that they can follow your writings? Do you write anywhere? Um, are you trying to do anything right now that you want to get out there? Um, uh, not really. Um, I don't write anything. Uh, I only write to myself. Uh, I have a sub stack that only goes to me. Uh, and uh, that's just a practice because uh, I am trying to do something. I, I'm trying to practice to do something just for myself because I'm very used to do something that has an outcome for uh, like in different ways. But uh, I, I, I like to talk, I like to chat with people. It inspires me. Uh, it just, I get to learn different perspectives. So uh, they can feel free to reach me. Uh, I have uh, my, my uh, full name.com or I'm on Twitter in the same handle, or uh, I'm sure that uh, they can get my email address from me as well. Um, yeah. So happy to chat anyone, uh, if anyone wants to ponder and go, uh, branch this, these uh, conversations further. Yeah, so if anybody's listening to this, make sure to reach out to Serana uh, from the Invisible. If you're from the Invisible audience, then uh, then make, make sure to reach out to Serana uh, to connect with, uh, connect with um, ooh. So thank you so much. Pleasure, man. Hey, thanks for tuning in to Plain Sight, presented by Invisible. If you liked what you heard, be sure to hit the subscribe button and consider sharing with your network. If you're interested in learning more about how Invisible helps teams cut costs and scale, visit our website at invisible.co. See you next time.